Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the surprised but also not surprised at all edition. <laughs> hmm. I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm going to need a little more context yeah. about what I'm surprised but not surprised at all about. This is episode 039, Another Day, Another Invasive Species in Florida. Well, there, there go. we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See? You see what I mean? I'm surprised, but also not surprised at all. There you go. Because Florida. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the not surprised at all, Marissa Riley. Thank you so much. Not surprised at all. <laughs> Nothing in Florida will ever surprise me except for the phrase, it was another boring day. Like, yeah. nothing. No. That, we've, we've covered so so many things about florida we've covered dog-sized lizards fucking wild pigs feral peacocks crazy people it's like tongues and jars the list is endless i have to i have to know like if we have any listeners in florida is it as fucking crazy as we think yeah write to us we're open-minded we're not judgmental we're just like fucking curious because we hear... We want your stories. We want your stories. <laughs> I, I kind of want your life. I'm not going to lie. You're at the beach and you're never bored. And that sounds amazing. Weird shit, just, weird shit just constantly happens. Yeah. God. Well, this story, yeah, it's, it's unlike any of the ones we've covered before. It's insane. It's going to take us around the world and over millions of years. And it ends up in Florida. <laughs> It's like, it's like a crazy thing in Florida, years in the making. Sounds about yes, right. Yes, yes. Sounds about right. Years in the making. All right. Should we begin? Yes. All right. So oh, let's, yes. <laughs> let's head on back to a short time ago, just February of this year, and head back to our returning champion of Florida. Fuck yeah. Now, we're at a quaint, tiny shoreside park called J.C. Park along the banks of the Caloosahatchee River. Now, where the fuck is all of this within the state? Okay. Tell me. Now, everyone picture a map of Florida, I okay? okay? Now, let's point out Miami. It's way, way, way fucking south. Right. Like, nearly at the very bottom, yes. right? On the east coast. Uh-huh. Now, back up a smidge, like an inch, and now move all the way west until you hit the west coast. And here we are. Oh. There you go. Not too far. I always forget there is a West there is Coast. There's a West Coast. <laughs> oh, Florida. My brain was like, so we're in California. <laughs> How did we get there? <laughs> I thought this was about Florida. <laughs> but yes, there is a West Coast of there Florida. There is a West Coast. I'm wrapping my hat around it now. And yeah, yes. We are at JC Park. Classic family-friendly spot. There's playgrounds, wooden picnic tables, tons of fucking classic Floridian plants and trees. It's gorgeous all along a freshwater river called the Caloosahatchee River. Nailed it. Nailed it. Now, enter Leah Getz and her seven-year-old son. They were spending some quality time together, which means when you have a kid that age, exploring the rocks along the river, hoping to catch maybe like a fucking crab or two, if you're lucky. I love it. Into it. Let's Cute. catch something. So this kid didn't catch anything. He did, though, hit the childhood jackpot. He found a dead body. Oh, my God! <laughs> Oh my god! Fuck yeah. This is like Goonies. Yep. I can't think of any other kids' <laughs> movies that involve adventures and dead bodies. Is there a dead body in Goonies? I forgot. I forgot. I totally forgot. I really like that movie though. But 
Fuck yeah, dead body. Dead body. So his mom told the local NBC station, quote, it was bigger than my seven-year-old. I thought that is nothing I've ever seen before. It was kind of white with a pinkish tail. It had a huge kind of open bass looking kind of mouth. It didn't look like anything I had heard of or seen before. Okay, gonna pause right Hmm. there. I thought you meant a human dead body. Oh, I just fooled you. But it's a body. (laughs) But not human. But it's not human. Okay. (laughs) I just like using the word dead, you know, the phrase dead dead body. body. It's very exciting. Yeah. For for this generation of people who are obsessed with true crime, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, there was this, a dead person. This is this is a true crime story, actually, but uh, it doesn't involve to... humans, dead humans, anyway. So, fair, fair. Tell me so, more about this body. Okay, so totally stumped and horrified, Leia did what any one of us would do in the situation: take a photo of the body and put it on social media. Amazing, <laughs> love, Leia. So, Dr. Marissa, I'd like to show you the picture, and would you be so kind in your own words, please describe the carcass to our dear listeners. Uh, We're going to post it on our Instagram, uh, Well That's Interesting Pod, and our Twitter, at WTI underscore pod. But in the meantime, if you would, please describe what this is. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been so thrilled to describe something. Okay, so... (laughs) I don't know if any of our listeners have seen this movie. It's called The Neverending Story. Oh, yeah. Have course. you heard of it? Yes. Okay, so this thing looks like the dog dragon. I don't, Holy I shit, still, that's great. I still don't know what that thing was. I can't remember. That movie was mildly, like, horrific. Yeah. I can't remember the oh, exact yeah. it, plot. It, it destroyed a generation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think there's a reason I can't remember the plot, and it's yeah. because it's very, very not for kids. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, that dog was on coke the whole time. That was the most coked out dog. <laughs> oh my God, we should Google it after this. But this looks like that dog. It does. Um, but I, it looks also like a really long... It's a... It, okay, so it's it's some... It, it's a big fish. <laughs> it's like a big, it's a big long, ass. Mm-hmm. dragon dog looking fish on, on the rocks. It's dead. It's got a big mouth. Yeah. That's perfect. That's actually perfect. That's the... That, yeah, the cocaine dog is exactly what it looks like. Cocaine dragon dog. Yes. Exactly. In the water. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Leia is an older lady, so she posted the photo on Facebook to help solve the mystery. And believe it or not, people on Facebook were actually right this time. Uh, The body that washed ashore was that of an arapaima. Now, I'd like to show you a photo of an arapaima that is alive and well, housed in a tank at the Smithsonian National Zoo in Washington, D.C., and I think this photo does it justice. Now, what stands out to you, if you'd just like to give us some details? Oh, oh, oh my God. (laughs) I, you know, all creatures are beautiful, but this one is like, not as, you know? (laughs) It's not in the top 10. It's on the top 10. It's a big, long fish. Yeah. It's got a uh, uh, back and under <laughs> fins, but only on the second half. It's really awkward. And then it's face. Yes. Yes. It kind of looks like a pug in the face. It looks a like an old man. An old man pug, yeah. No offense to old men or pugs. This, this It's a grumpy Yes, grumpy. Grumpy Grumpy motherfucker, you know? 
You're exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that face in detail later on. It's it's <laughs> big and upset. Yes, <laughs> it does yes. not want you playing on its lawn. Not at all. <laughs> not fucking at all. Um, yeah, so it is kind of difficult to describe if you've never seen it before, especially in person. And I'm damn certain. 99.9% of everyone listening has never seen one in the wild because this fish is native to the Amazon in South America. Oh my God. Yeah. So that, I, yeah. I, I'm using the, the poor amount of geography I have to figure out how it got from the Amazon to Florida. Yes. They're very different. Yeah. So, and very far away from each other. Yeah. Yes, that's all you really need to know. It's far. That's about as much as I can tell you. It's far it's a, from home. It's on, a, it's on a different fucking continent. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So uh, the fact that it's from the Amazon uh, is the least interesting thing about it. And that's still pr- pretty goddamn amazing. So how did it get to Florida? And we will get to that. But first, we should really begin by getting acquainted with the latest resident, who's quite possibly the largest freshwater fish in the world. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So according to the National Zoo, there are reports of wild arapaima caught weighing as much as 440 pounds. And this is key, 10 feet long. That's right. A 10-foot long, 400-pound creature. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I think that could take down a seven-year-old, don't you think? (laughs) I think, I mean, after seeing that picture, it looks like it could swallow a seven-year-old without ever taking a single bite. Yeah. Like just... Put a pin One in that. One swallow. Put a pin and, in that. And I feel like the kid could survive for a, a minute. Mm. Oh, yeah. Put a pin in that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God. I am okay. pumped. I am pumped to return to that. <laughs> so, um, now, that 400-pound creature, um, fucking gigantic. Uh, but this could be good news, I guess. The average adult reaches over 200 pounds and over 7 to 8 feet long. So slightly smaller, <laughs> but still gigantic. Yes. <laughs> so, Uh, To help visualize a fish of that length, uh, think a foot or so taller than a refrigerator or taller than a standard ladder. (laughs) Oh, my God. In any case, it's bigger than anyone listening right now. Uh, Now, the only thing more impressive than its sheer size is how long this species has been living on our wonderful planet. Oh. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, would you like to guess how ancient this fish is? One yeah. Yeah. billion <laughs> years. One that, billion years. One billion years. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, great. Close. Okay. What? <laughs> no, okay. So, Leslie D'Souza, a conservationist in Guyana who works with Chicago's John G. Shedd Aquarium, says that the Arapaima fossil record hasn't changed in 23 million years. That's a long ass time. That's a long motherfucking time. This fish was around when mastodons were just getting started. Oh my god! Yeah, and if you're wondering where we were at this time, nowhere. The chimpanzee-human divergence took place 10 to 7 million years ago, and these fuckers were well-established 23 million years ago. No wonder they're so grumpy. They've been here for so long. (laughs) They know so much more. They've seen so much more. They've seen some shit. Oh my god, they must be just like, these fucking humans. Yeah, these fuckers... And their fucking electronic music festivals. <laughs> That's right. Remember those from a whole year ago? Yeah. Oh my god! They do, we do those things. Yeah, and uh, they're just grumping around. Yeah, pissed. <laughs> just so off. pissed. They're tired. 
They so wanna, tired. They want to eat at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually <laughs> very, I, I ate at four today. <laughs> so, uh, just for shits and giggles, would you like to see Leslie absolutely beaming in a photo? She's with Davis Edwards. I'm sorry. Yep. Davis Edwards and Terry Haynes and all three. What are they doing right here? If you'd like, if you'd just, uh, sorry, all three are holding a tagged wild arapaima just to give it for, you know, context. And if you would, please tell us what stands out in this picture for you. Okay, so it's three people standing in the water. Yeah. Um, and they're all holding a fish. Yes, that's it. One fish. One fish. It takes three people to hold this fish. It's like as if, like, um, like someone's with someone. It's like you're holding almost like a human body in a, in a funny picture lengthwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's a fish and it's really big and it's got these really cool, like silvery, but also pink scales. Yeah. And it's got that angry face. So angry. Yeah. Leslie though, beaming. Oh, Leslie is pumped. (laughs) She's having the time of her life. Leslie (laughs) is pumped. She's also holding the least amount of the fish (laughs) because the other two guys with her, uh, uh, Davis and Terry, um, they're holding most of the fish, and they look uh, tired because it's right. 400 pounds. That's right. Uh, they're also chest deep in a wild fucking river. So. Yeah, who knows? What else is in there? Mm. Uh, so, if your species has been around for 23 million years and nearly unchanged, that probably means you're doing something right. Yeah. Now, after the break... We're going to talk about how perfectly adapted this fish is to the Amazon and freshwater in general, how it kills, what it eats, and how it's one of the most doting parents in the fish world. What? That's right. And we're going to reveal how the fuck it got to Florida, and it's the most Florida thing you're ever going to hear. Oh, I'm fucking pumped. So, we're just getting started. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And we're inside of a fish. Sure. <laughs> so why not? You know? so, Let's do it. <laughs> just for a moment, we're inside Florida's latest invasive species, the arapaima. And there's a good reason we're here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Go, why. <laughs> roll with me. Now, we've already mentioned some impressive things about the arapaima, and that was just a taste. We're going to get inside it. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, the arapaima have gills, of course. They're a fish. Yeah. But they're incredibly small for a fish their size. D'Souza, the beaming conservationist oh, yes. uh, that we just talked about, she told Mongabay.com they evolved this way due to low oxygen levels in the Amazon's rivers. So they found a way around this problem. Okay. Okay. Now, this fish looks like it's always upset, right? And looking up and grumpy. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Very pissed. Yeah. I mean, everybody, think of an average fish head. It's, it's like looking forward. Nothing gets mad at you. Not, if not mad at you. Yeah, that's right. Now imagine that head is horizontal, and that's the upturned face of the arapaima, right? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Now, it's fucking funny looking, but that design makes it easy for the fish to come to the surface and breathe air. That's right. This fish evolved to breathe through its mouth. Oh. Yes. My. Yep. God. Uh-huh. Now, according to the National Zoo, they use a modified like swim bladder that opens into its mouth and inside the bladder is a special tissue that looks a lot like our lungs, <laughs> allowing it to process oxygen. Yeah, Marissa is holding her face in horror. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, a, so it's got some sort, it's similar to us in a lot of ways, yeah. breathing wise. Yeah. Shockingly, yes. Um, and personality wise to some R- of grumpy. us. Grumpy. Yeah. But <laughs> I am imagining this sort of downturn face and how it makes it easy for it to come to the surface, take a breath. You got it? Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Uh, cute fact. Uh, one gulp of air lasts around 10 to 20 minutes. Nice. So pretty good. Efficient. Very good. Uh, and that upturned mouth and that modified swim bladder really come in handy when eating, helping them reach that goal of becoming a possible 400-pound behemoth. Oh, my um, God. What mm. do they eat? So, <laughs> Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read the range of their diet and how they prefer to hunt. I, I would be more than happy to. This is from the Smithsonian National Zoo. Quote, in the wild, the arapaima eats mostly fish, but is also known to eat fruits, seeds, insects, birds, <laughs> and mammals yep. found on the surface of the water. In mm. order to eat, they use a, in quotes, gulper feeding strategy by opening their large mouths they create a vacuum that pulls in nearby food objects. Oh, my God. Yes. Their tongues and sharp, bony teeth combined with the teeth on the roof of their palates allow them to debilitate and shred their prey. Just going to repeat, debilitate <laughs> and shred their prey. Mm-hmm. The Arapaima can easily feed in low oxygen areas where gill-breathing fish are forced to slow down. And yeah. quote, I love it. Amazing. I love it. I wish I could debilitate and shred <laughs> my prey. Wow. I just love that they called it food objects. Just, I'm going to start calling all my meals food objects. I, I'm sorry. I need a food object. Um, <laughs> and I will also debilitate and shred you. That's oh right. my God. Put that on a refrigerator magnet. Put it on a tote. Fuck. Fuck Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to add that the Arapaima is part of the Bony Tongue Group. A- oh, that's my favorite band. <laughs> I mean, that's, who doesn't want to join? Uh, it's a type of heavy-bodied tropical river fish whose tongues are also studded with teeth. What? Yes. That's okay. Okay, so we've yep. got... Yep. We've got... Teeth. Teeth. Mm-hmm. We've got the top of the palate teeth. Yep. And then we've got tongue teeth. We've got tongue teeth. That's a lot of teeth. That's a lot of That's fucking teeth. hurt. They're uh, not kidding about the shred part. <laughs> no, oh, my God. No, this, this fish doesn't chew. It just inhales. And as the bird or small mammal is sucked down its throat, it's torn to shreds and pulverized against the roof of its mouth. So Ooh. it's very impressive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's like one of those things um, that you put, like, tree branches in. That's it. That's it. I uh, I don't know what it's called. Like a fucking mulcher. A mulcher. Yeah. It's a mulcher, it's but a, f- a fish. That's right. But also a dragon dog. <laughs> I so many it's things. So magical. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk about the outside of the Arapaima. Let's, let's step away from the fucking teeth. Oh, yes, please. Okay. So <laughs> you probably noticed how streamlined the thing is, right? It was like perfectly wrapped in hundreds of large scales. Right. And uh, some of those scales are up to four inches in length, just to give oh, you an idea oh how my big God. this thing is. Um, now, if you want to survive for millions of years in the goddamn Amazon of all places, you better be fast, and your skin better be tough. Fair. Okay, that's right. So, 
I'm going to say some fancy ass words right now, but we're going to get through it together. Okay. They're from the study protective role of Arapaima gigas fish scales, structure and mechanical behavior. All right. I'm here for it. Okay. Tell me everything. All right. Quote, each scale is composed of two layers, a laminate comp. comp- yeah, I, I fucked up the easiest word. <laughs> it, it's, it's a harder word than y'all think. I'm staring at it now. It's a tough one. Each scale is composed of two layers, a laminate composite of collagen fibrils and a hard, highly mineralized surface layer. End okay. quote. Okay. Okay. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just continue. Okay. But I will. Oh, what does this mean? Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to try to process. I got you. But you're going to process got, it got, for me. Got, Tell me. You. Now, each scale is a combination of flexible, sexy collagen yeah. and extremely rigid surfaces, allowing this massive fish to elegantly swim in a suit made of the most fracture-resistant material found in nature. I'm not kidding. Companies that make Kevlar study these scales. Oh, my God. That is cool as fuck fucking extremely impressive holy shit even piranha which has one of the animal kingdom's most powerful bites cannot tear through their scales oh my so god they don't even fucking bother making the arapaima contenders for the top of the food chain but of course they're not at the very top the indigenous have used the arapaima as a vital uh, source of food for literally thousands of years and they have a deep respect for this fish because handling them is extremely dangerous. I can imagine. Yeah. So not only are they fast and acrobatic in water, they're really good at hurling themselves out of it, um, turning into a seven or eight foot, 200 pound torpedo when they feel threatened. <laughs> I know. You didn't see that one coming, right? No. Yeah. They don't run from a fight. They will run right into you because they know they're bigger. Oh my God. Okay. Let's just unpack this quickly. I know. She's got both her hands up in a no. Not today, Satan. Back away, sir. (laughs) Back away, Arapaima. Um, So basically, it's got a suit of armor that is beyond our technology as humans. And our technology (laughs) is pretty good. good. That's all the government wants to spend its money on. Yeah. And it's got a mulcher. For a mouth, it's got like eight sets of teeth. Yep. And it hurls its body. It hur- yes. Yes, it, th- it wow. throws itself at you. Yes, that's oh, right. my God. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Now, Dr. Marissa, would you like to go down memory lane with me for a moment? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Okay. I gotta see this. Okay, now, <laughs> now, when Marissa and I started dating, she asked me... Oh, this memory. Oh, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... I told her I was going to bring this up. So when she asked me what my guilty TV pleasure was, I actually answered honestly, and she's still with me three years later, yep. which is amazing. Yep. So anyway, my answer was the show River Monsters with Jeremy Wade. Yes. Okay. And so uh, long story short, we met on an app, and so we talked yeah. uh, over the phone by text before we actually met. She told me she liked River Monsters. And I was like, I don't know if this is interesting to anyone, but I think it's cute. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I'll watch an episode before our first date and I'll take notes. <laughs> We're fucking nerds. So I could talk to her about it. So cute. And I brought notes to our first date. <laughs> uh, so there so you go. And a little fast forward BTS. to this podcast. Yep. <laughs> so 
Anyway, I think it was on the fucking Animal Planet or Discovery Channel. And if you're not familiar, it's pretty fucking great. Uh, Wade is a British biologist who travels the world working with locals to catch and release massive freshwater fish in hopes to debunk myths and help people understand them better. Blah, blah, blah. He's very hands-on from what I remember, too. Oh, my like, God. He would get in the water yeah. with dangerous fucking fish. He was not fish. fucking around. Yeah. yeah. So let's head on over to YouTube and have a listen to Jeremy Wade describe what happened when an arapaima was cornered. Yes. Here we I go. I want to see it. I want right. to hear it. Pulling it up. I hope it's not muted <laughs> this time. <laughs> okay, here we go. That mouth isn't big enough to swallow a person. So any stories like that, you've really got to discount. But it could still actually kill you. That is a very solid lump of bone with an enormous mass of muscle behind it. Oh, my God. I've actually been on the receiving end of one of these things. It hit me in the chest. And no exaggeration, I could still feel that a month and a half later. It just bruised me so deeply. It was seven years ago, and I was helping a friend of mine, a research scientist, with his captive breeding program for Arapaima. His long-term goal is to take the pressure off the wild population, and he needed to capture his fish to pair them up with likely mates. We caught several fish already and weighed and measured them without problem, when I let my guard down. While drawing in a net with an arapaima trapped inside, this hard-nosed giant turned from fish into missile. From nowhere, I had a hundred pounds of solid bone smash into me. Holy shit. Weeks later, a doctor described my injury as similar to the impact of striking the steering column during a car crash. Wow. I'm not saying this is some malignant creature that will deliberately hunt and eat you. It doesn't have the mouth for it. But corner one of these beasts and it will launch a preemptive strike. It is this event that makes me believe the Arapaima may be the killer in question. If these fishermen were hunting Arapaima or accidentally caught one in a net, this animal will violently defend itself. Oh my God. Just one thrash connecting with the head is all it would take to knock you unconscious, leaving you at the mercy of the Amazon's scavenging river monsters. There you go. All right. So I'm going to quickly unpack what I just saw. Yeah. Gentlemen, uh, uh, Jeremy Wade, awesome, recounting the story. Yeah. Um, he seems like really tough and into this, but this fish, they they actually showed him getting smacked in the chest. Yeah. With this fish, and it looks like the dragon dog coming out of the water. Like it looks like it's flying and like yeah. slithering through the air, and it's so strong that it can propel itself. So it almost looks like it's flying out of the water for a second. Yeah, and it's doing this defensively. It's not like it's no. like ah, I want to eat this guy. Boom! I want to no. hit this guy. Boom! It is like coming out of the water and it just smacked him in the chest yeah and he just like a child just flew back he flew back and then he cowered to the shore (laughs) and he looked like he was gonna cry and i do not blame him i no shame in crying about a fish in the chest (laughs) not at all jesus christ yeah so jeremy wade's a big guy he's six feet tall he's a big guy he's a tough guy um but so, yeah he he looked genuinely frightened yeah so so all right 
Should we move on? We shall. Keep that in your mind. Now, this fish has evolved a fucking deck of cards worth of tactics to survive. And one of those cards is the doting parent card. Oh. Which is super unusual for a fish. Uh, Most just spawn and run. Turns out our arapaima are softies on the inside. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So in a a 2017 study done on uh, dozens of breeding pairs of wild arapaima, that was performed. And what they they saw was the following. Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read from livescience.com? I would love to. All right, quote, during the Amazon's rainy season, usually from December to May, the river floods into neighboring floodplains. It's there on flooded plains that arapaimas dig shallow nests about 30 inches across, 10 inches deep, where the females lay eggs for the males to fertilize. Both parents guard the nest from predators and they continue to care for the young once the eggs have hatched just nine days later. End quote. I know. They make they make little um playpens. That's right. <laughs> little playpens, exactly. That's so cute. Yeah. And nine days, that's a quick gestation period, which yeah. means these itty bitty baby arapaima are really vulnerable. Now, yeah. would you like to see some itty-bitty baby arapaima? Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> Great. Of course, all of these photos we're talking about today will be on our social media, so please check them out. Uh, here are some babies. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they're just little tiny, long fish. Um, they're so cute. They don't look grumpy yet. No, they're not grumpy yet. Um, but they have big eyes and... They're all like cuddled together. It's so cute. Yeah. I I like this picture a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to sound crazy, but both parents have something like a gland on the top of their head um, that secretes what indigenous folks called arapaima milk. What? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Excusez-moi. <laughs> now, that study didn't have a chemical breakdown of this stuff, but it seems as though that milk is damn important. Researchers mentioned that the growing fish were like constantly um, suckling uh, <laughs> this part of their parents' heads. So it's safe to say that both parents are involved in some sort of feeding thing. Oh my God. On yeah. their heads. On their heads. Is this a normal thing? <laughs> yeah, it's for them. Yeah. For them, but for other fish? No, that's very unusual. Yeah. Very unusual. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. So, uh, and it turns out. So where am I on my notes? Uh, And it turns out it's dad who takes it to the next level once the fish outgrow the milk stage. Quote, the male provides intensive parental care, which can last up to three months, guiding the offspring above its darkened head into zooplankton-rich areas for feeding. End quote. Oh, my God. I know. They're like, like, dad just taking them to Chuck E. Cheese every day. Oh, my God. (laughs) You guys. So... Uh. I know. Now, with the kids getting bigger and father of the year doing his thing, mom goes off to dig a new nest and start a new brood. All of this, the protection, the feeding, and multiple nests, is a super effective way to keep your species going for the long run. Very true. Very efficient. Now, I think we're all acquainted with this new fish. I think we got a good idea of how powerful it is. It means business. It loves its babies. It's not fucking around. Yeah, we okay. go way back now. <laughs> yeah, Old friends. Go, that's right. So let's head back to Florida, shall we? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, now speaking of breeding, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has no evidence that the arapaima are doing so. One thing on Florida's side is that the arapaima takes years to mature. Okay. About five years before they start reproducing. Okay. And before that happens, they're focusing on just hunting and growing, just eating, 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 eating. Getting to that 400 pounds. Exactly. And remember, they have to come up for air like every 20 minutes. So there's been no sightings reporting reported, and there's been no dent in any animal populations. Yeah, because they would be eating them. They with their fucking eating them. Fucking crazy-ass mammals. <laughs> That's right. However, we do have a dead body on our hands. Yeah, that, yeah. That's concerning. And it was five feet long. More concerning. That's the length at which they're mature. Okay, so this one was at least five years old. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So we've got an old, yeah. older, we've got a mature, yeah. sorry, old is offensive. We've got a mature <laughs> fish. That's right. On our hands. That's right, we How, do. What the fuck? Exactly. The million dollar question. Was it born and raised somewhere off the Florida coast and came to the uh, Caloosahatchee River looking to dig a nest? Or did someone's baby arapaima get a wee bit too big and aggressive and they let it go? <laughs> My friends, the answer to where this fish came from certainly lives up to Florida's reputation. Oh my God, I'm so pumped. Are you fucking ready for this? Yes! <laughs> Quoting from the article... NBC2 tracks down source of Amazonian river monster found in Cape Coral. Okay, quote, In February, scientists were immediately worried there might be more of the mysterious fish lurking somewhere in the Caloosahatchee as Florida's newest invasive species, threatening our delicate ecosystem. The surprising answer was found in a microchip. What? That's right. Not listed anywhere online or on Google Maps, it was no easy task driving down the narrow dirt roads to reach the American Cobalt Fish Farm deep in rural Charlotte County. It was there, early on in the investigation, NBC2 got a behind-the-scenes look at an experimental program intending to breed arapaima as a source of food. What? End quote. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a microchipped fish... Um, and it, it just gets weirder from here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, before we get weirder. <laughs> so basically this, um, this fish farm was trying to breed arapaima mm-hmm. so Se- they could eat them secretly. So it's an experimental fish farm. Yeah. It's, should we, should we go on? Yes. Okay. Yes, so- <laughs> keep going. Keep going. The story then goes on to explain Right next to the secret experimental fish farm that um, is sanctioned by the state of Florida, by the way, and it's secret because of the illegal animal trade and the long list of how dangerous this animal is, all the shit we just went through. That's why it's secret. Yeah. But this fucking secret experimental fish farm is right next to, you guessed it, a vacation rental property. Oh my God. (laughs) Right next to it. And the only thing separating the two, I shit you not, is a white picket fence. You guys! <laughs> Florida! Details are scarce, but basically, the folks who rented the unit stole the arapaima. Oh my god. Yeah. And when the owner confronted the renters and threatened to call the police, it's presumed it was then they made a run for it and dumped the fish in the river. Uh, I'm not certain when the fish died, when it was in their possession, or if it died in the river... I don't know if this is merely a case of Florida man does something stupid because he could, 
or if these folks were trying to get their hands on an Aeropyma to sell because they were worth thousands of dollars. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Hold on. Yeah. Hold the phone. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. So we've got these renters that live next to this experimental fish farm. Mm-hmm. The renters steal the Aeropyma. Yeah. The fish farm people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so in a mad dash, the renters Just drop leave, it. Leave with the fish and then they, they toss it. Yeah. Oh now, my God. If this, oh my if there's God. There's a lot of holes here in this story. That's because as of early May, a criminal investigation has begun. So hopefully we find out exactly what happened here. We got to keep, we, we will update our listeners. <laughs> I, I am waiting for... The seven-part docu-series right. on this. this. This definitely needs to be a... De- it, it was a secret farm. Not even the authorities or scientists knew about this fucking farm. This breeds like a like a human true crime story. Yeah. You were so right. <laughs> See? I feel like I'm hearing about like the clove hitch killer or something <laughs> like that. Like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. So... I also don't think I need to spell out what happens if more fish are stolen and or released um, into the Florida waters. Yeah, Um, yeah. In any case, this is where I'm leaving you. Uh, The only thing preventing more fish from being stolen or released uh, is that white picket fence. Oh, my God. I really hope they're working on that. The end, but also not. Uh, (laughs) You guys, I will buy you a better fence. I will buy you, I don't know, what do you, something better than a white picket fence. Yeah. It's got to be doable. Oh, yeah. And um, if you look up that fucking article, NBC2 tracks down source of Amazonian river monster, there is a video, and this is like, it is a farm. There's like little lakes with fish in them and stuff. Yeah. So you would have to know where you're going, which makes, uh, if you're on the farm, to take an aeropyma, which makes me think they're, they knew about this farm and they, they, they were been trying planning to, it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Not good. No, not good, man. Risky. Yeah. Bad. So that is the tale of uh, that story. I, <laughs> first of all, I am obsessed with the aeropyma. They look grumpy, but they are efficient and great parents, and I respect that. Yeah, five-star fish. Five-star fish. They shred their prey. They take care of their babies. I am into it. I am here for it. Yeah. Don't fucking steal them and put them in places they shouldn't be. Exactly. That's my... Yeah. My note as a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) As a fake doctor. right. (laughs) Love that prescription. Ah, and everyone, please stay interesting. Please do.